0: Welcome to the Prodigy Maker Show with Chris Lewitt. Chris Lewitt is an internationally recognized high-performance coach, educator, and author of two best-selling books, The Tennis Technique Bible and The Secrets of Spanish Tennis. The show can be watched live and video versions of the show are archived at youtube.com forward slash Chris Lewitt. And now, here's Chris.
1: It's the Prodigy Maker Show with Chris Lewitt. Back with you guys. Sorry for the break we had we had Christmas and then got some crazy family stuff going on. I got a little toddler running around. So we got a little behind on the show scheduling, but I'm glad to be back with you. I'll catch you guys up on the latest news for fans of the show, fans of my coaching and stuff like that. Uh, What have I been up to? Well, I've been writing a lot. I have not been doing the show, but I have been writing a lot. I have new article in New York Tennis Magazine coming out. I have uh, an article in Florida Tennis coming out, a short piece. And I have this really cool article. If you are a tennisplayer.net subscriber, we have a, I, I put together a really nice technical and uh, anatomical analysis of Riley Opelka's serve. Very detailed technical analysis and anatomical analysis of Riley Opelka's serve. That's coming out should come out next few months in tennisplayer.net, which is an online magazine by John Yandel. If you like technique and you like biomechanics, I highly suggest you check that out. That magazine is awesome. So I've been writing. I also have the book projects. A lot of you know, or some of you may know, that we're working on the second version of Secrets of Spanish Tennis. So we're trying to get the uh, second edition out this year for 2022. And I've got to do some more research in Spain. I have a lot of research to do because things have changed in Spain in the last 10 years or so since I wrote the first Secrets of Spanish Tennis book. And I have two new Spanish books that that are drafts that I'm working on. One is called Spanish Tennis Tactics. And I'm hoping to get that out this year or next year, but it's a book about the tactics and strategies that they teach in Spain. I think it'll be really interesting and as well I have a book on Spanish tennis wisdom which is kind of a little project I've been working on for a while now and I think it's gonna come out really nice but it's a, a book of quotations from the legends of Spain for those of you aficionados of Spain who want to learn about the wisdom of Spain so there's a lot of projects in my writing but I, I've been neglecting my YouTube channel so I apologize to all of you who like the channel and, and follow and um, to those who like the podcast and like to listen to the show, uh, my apologies. We do have four shows planned coming up. So there's a lot on the agenda and I will try to get those done. Uh, if my little baby girl can take more naps, then I can get more shows done. So today, I this, this was a, a show that I planned about a month ago where I happened to watch... Uh, The King Richard movie. I thought it was uh, really excellent. And it's been getting great reviews. I don't know if you guys have seen it. But I do actually highly recommend it. It's a a wonderful movie. Very well acted. And and well um, edited and designed. And I really enjoyed the the way the story was presented of the girls. And uh, the acting, as a lot of commentators have noted, the acting... um, by Will Will uh, by Will Smith was amazing. You know the the presentation, the portrayal of of Richard Williams was incredible, and and he people say he may even win an Oscar for that role. So uh, if you you're a tennis fan and you're interested in junior tennis development, I think it's a very interesting movie to watch and it's a very well-made movie there are not a, um, you know I wrote an article about this in New York Tennis Magazine I, I mentioned there haven't been a lot of great tennis movies so this is really good for the tennis world that uh, this movie was produced um, I don't know who the writer was but he, he did a really good job putting together the uh, the script and the acting was was excellent and the movie came together very dramatic movie very emotional and powerful film of Probably of one of the greatest sports stories in the history of of uh of all time you know that these these girls from compton could become world champions the way they did it's it's really an amazing story that that really sh- deserves a movie you know not not all not all movies deserve to be made but this this story definitely deserves to be told uh I did question some of the accuracy of the story I don't know all of the details of the story but uh, one discrepancy, for example, was that Richard Williams uh, was a chronic smoker, and um, as some commentators have, no, have have pointed out, the movie didn't portray that. And uh, little things like that, you you have to wonder, you know, how how accurate was the movie uh, in portraying the family dynamics and um, you know things like that, but. From my understanding that the, the story itself, like the timeline is, is fairly accurate. Um, I wanted to talk more about uh, some of the the lessons than the takeaways for junior parents and coaches and uh, but you know sort of tie in junior development in the junior tennis world uh, because that's what struck me from the film because I'm a junior development coach and uh, I'm also a parent and I work with a lot of families kind of like this that are trying to take their kids on the pro tour, make their kids into champions, or just get their kids uh, a D1 scholarship. So for me, that this this film really struck home um, as it tied into the junior development world and to the work that I do every day and, and the, the relationships that I have with many parents and families and children. So for me, it was interesting in in that regard. So the first thing that I wrote about in my article for New York tennis was that the thing that jumped out at me the most was that there was a, a, a theme in the movie about how terrible the junior circuit is and how how really uh, you know dangerous and toxic the junior tennis world, the the tournament scene is for children. This is something that Richard repeatedly suggests uh, in the film and I think it's a very interesting idea that I've talked about a lot on this show, I've written about, and I wonder if you guys agree with me that the, the junior tournament scene is, is uh, toxic, it is poisonous, it's dangerous for children, and it can harm a lot of children emotionally and psychologically um you know you you get back to the idea of child welfare and i don't think that especially USCA junior tournaments are are a really safe place for for a lot of young children and they're not monitored well they're not managed very well the structure the rule system is um is antiquated and doesn't promote the best of of what could be for for child welfare in terms especially in terms of the children's emotional development some of that is the the parent behavior. So Richard in the movie talked a lot about the parents. You know, he said the parents, uh, th- the parents should be shot. Was the quote from the the book, uh, from the movie? And uh, I don't know if they should be shot, but there are a lot of bad actors on the junior circuit. I'm sure some of you would agree with me. And it's not just that though. To me, the whole system is broken in terms of the 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 rule system, the way kids' parents are not allowed to interact with their children. I just spoke with another parent. This has happened to me so many times. Now, I spoke with a uh, a mom who uh, was was uh, upset that she couldn't. She she didn't want to bring her child to a tournament because she she felt a, a disconnection, a disengagement with with her child when uh, when he played. And that she couldn't comfort him or coach him or or get involved. And I suggested to her that she go play either you know the UTR tournaments that allow allow parent involvement, or um, or maybe some some a little mo doesn't really little mo sort of is, is not doesn't allow the the, the only place where, where that it's allowed at least in the U.S. right now is, is UTR as as far as I'm aware uh but you know there there are tournaments that allow parents we do it at our club there are tournaments that allow parents to 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 have a healthy interaction with their children during during tournament match play and i think overall for especially for young children that's the the healthiest thing for their psychology for their emotional development um parents know their in general parents know their child best and they they can support their child emotionally during tournaments and during match play at the same time, there are some bad parent actors, so it's a difficult um, discussion, and you often get into debates about what's the best way to, you know, what are the rules that should be in play. But to me, uh, the um, I agree with what Richard says, and Rick Macy also says the same thing that that the uh, that the junior tournament scene is rampant with cheating. Uh, this is this again gets back to the the way the the tournaments are allowed to be run, the rule system. Uh, there's a lot of cheating. There's a lot of uh, uh, manipulation. Uh, aside from the the parents, the crazy ones, the crazy parents, uh, you, you do have a lot of crazy parents. But there's also a lot of good parents. But just the way that the the, the current rule system allows kids to call their own lines and 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 make their own uh, call their own uh, keep track of their own score. It's just—it just shouldn't. I've always said shouldn't be that way. You should go to a tournament. There should be officials there, keeping score, calling the lines. or however you want to do it, you want to do it electronically. You want to do it with uh, human beings. And um, parents should be allowed to interact with their children, maybe on changeovers or, or on on breaks, or with the timeout system or something like that. And and that would completely transform the junior tennis scene, the junior tournament, the junior the tournament scene. So when you bring your child to a tournament, it can be a, a a healthy experience. I'm a dad with four kids, and I have a son with anxiety. I don't. I I would definitely not bring my son to to a junior tournament because it would jack up his anxiety. It wouldn't be a, a comfortable thing for him, and it wouldn't be a it, it, he he played some junior tournaments wasn't very enjoyable for him that, but i really I appreciate the the position of parents who worry about their child's mental health they worry about their child's uh, anxieties or, or their their experiences whether those experiences are healthy or not at tournaments and and many times they are traumatic experiences for kids and i know that um i'm all for toughness you know look i'm I'm a very tough coach. I'm a t- I think I'm a disciplined parent. Discipline my kids. I I have all my family in the military. Most of my family was in the military going back for generations. I'm I am i am all for toughness, you know. I'm a boxer. I, I'm I am i am an MMA MMA fighter recreationally. You know, I'm all for tough people who know me know I'm a, I'm a tough person, but I still think that you have young children and we can make the tennis tournament experience uh healthier for them and um, and you can still have uh, a sport that that develops uh toughness and discipline and and all the the important life lessons, but in a in a more healthy way. So I think Richard from the movie got that one right. Rick Macy is right absolutely right about that um. I don't, I don't want the whole show to be about the the toxicity of the junior circuit, but let me know if, if you guys agree with me or not and I, I would I will just keep bringing up the issue from time to time in my writing or in my in my podcast or, or or whenever I, whenever I have the platform to do it and I would like to see more changes in the rule system of junior tennis. I would like to see healthier environment for children I would like to see children's uh, their, their safety and welfare being more front and center in terms of, uh, of the design and management of junior tournaments. So I'll just keep trying to promote that issue. I would like to see the end of cheating and uh, manip- uh, the manip- manipulation that you see in, 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 on the tournaments. I would like to see the end of that. That would be a nice thing. Why do we have to have cheating every tournament? It's just, it's a nightmare. Why do, why do families have to go through that? Why do kids have to deal with that? They shouldn't have to deal with that bullshit. Anyway, back to the movie. Have you guys seen this movie? Did you like it? I thought it was great. Great film. What do you think about a coach? I'm talking about Rick Macy. I have a lot of respect for Rick Macy. I think he's a very talented coach, by the way. I say that on the on- at the outset. But What do you think about a coach who pays for his players... You know, who pays to have students come and train with him. That's basically what Rick Macy did. I mean, the story's incredible. He gave Richard, for example, he gave Richard Williams a salaried job. $50,000 or so per year. And he didn't have to work. Richard didn't work for that money. He just got paid. It's, It's a sinecure. It's a great SAT word, a sinecure. Which is a job where you don't have to work, but you get you get remunerated. Plus, uh, I've also read Rick's book m- many times. It's one of my favorite books uh, called Macy Magic. Highly recommend that book. By the way, guys, the book is even better than but that book is is fantastic for parents and coaches and players, but especially for parents. But what do you think about uh, a guy like Rick Macy? Paying for Richard, uh, his car, personal vehicles, like a recreational, bought him a recreational vehicle, very expensive RV and, uh, a, a car to drive around and paid for his housing, paid for all of the meals for the whole family to come, to move from California to Florida. Like, is this what, is this the way it has to be to develop, uh, a champion to be a legend to become a legendary coach you know i see it as a coach from a coaching perspective i work with lots of talented juniors i would love to have someone break through like the williams sisters did that would be great for my reputation great for me as a coach i, I would love that but do i have to pay the way rick macy paid to have a top player like that is that what needs to happen I mean the level of financial output that he put that he gave to the Williams family is, is, is out it's really outrageous. Um, free training, paid for all their their meals, their housing, personal vehicles, o- other things, equipment. It's staggering. And another discrepancy in the movie was the movie did not talk about the f- the breakup between Rick and. Um, Richard, and fr- from all accounts, it was a really bad breakup. Um, in Macy Magic, Rick, Rick talks about what happened. He basically says that Richard left. He got a big contract from Reebok, right, for millions of dollars. And and Rick, um, um, uh, Richard, sorry, Richard basically left the whole left. Rick uh, got a house with tennis court. And took some of Rick's coaches, right, and um, and basically refused to pay Rick, re- refused to honor a Rick's contract with Richard, and tried to renegotiate for less money. I mean, what a nasty situation that must have been. And um, so, and Rick says that he was so upset at the time that he he prepared a fourteen million dollar lawsuit against Richard, you know. Um, but now, when you see, like, the, the interviews with Rick, Rick's getting a lot of press, and, um, he says they were best friends. So, I mean, you try to square that. It doesn't really, it doesn't really make sense, but, um, you don't re- usually prepare a $14 million lawsuit with, with your best friend, against your best friend, uh, as far as I know. I've never sued anyone. Um, uh, maybe come close a few times, but I don't think that's, uh... That's not a good situation when that happens. And, I, and I'm glad in the end, Rick got his. Uh, it sounds like he, he did ma- get a, a, um, a settlement. So he, he got some remuneration for all the time and the money that he put into that relationship and uh, into, into that deal. And at, in the end of the day, Rick got a lot of fame and he's one of the most famous coaches in the world. And he can charge eight hundred dollars. You know, used to be three hundred, three fifty, and now eight hundred dollars per hour, or whatever it is now. So he's making he's making money now on the back end. But I mean, what what a terrible situation to put that much money and investment into the uh, the girls, and then to have that that breakup at the end. Uh, it it didn't end well then, but I guess now. You know decades later uh, you know rick's made peace with that he's 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 a very positive guy um uh, and he tries to see see things in a positive way as part of his philosophy so uh i i hope it, it, he feels that it, it it turned out like it was worth it in the end and um you know i, I still have these lingering questions though like as a coach like do you have to do you have to make that that kind of sacrifice, especially financial sacrifice to develop uh that kind of famous player that kind of world champion? I know that there are there are coaches who don't who refuse to have sort of a, a line that they won't they won't cross they won't they would never pay for their players like that and um I don't know how do you guys feel about that? I have mixed feelings about it um I wonder as a coach, you know, do I, is that something, is that some, if I, if, I, if I have a player, players who I think is really, really talented, should I, should I consider going that far to get those recruits? For me, I think I, 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 I could tell you some personal uh, stories. I don't want to get into the details, but I would say even in my experience now, I haven't been willing to do that. I'm also, I don't have that kind of money to support a family that way. Uh, so maybe i'm not wealthy enough to even consider it but uh what a risk that rick rick took you know a financial risk and uh maybe risk to his reputation too but and it, it it with with great risk comes great reward and he was rewarded as now he's known as one of the the greatest coaches in the world so i appreciate all your comments guys thank you i i know that um uh, the way that YouTube Live works is the comments are not saved for me. Like I, I enjoyed Facebook Live when the comments, I could scroll through them. So here, if I missed your uh, comment, if you had a question, can you can you repost it so I can try to catch it? The timing of the the YouTube Live, the comments uh, show to me very quickly and then they disappear. So I'm not sure there's a way for me to get them back uh, without uh, altering the broadcast. So. If you have a a quick question, shoot it back to me and I'll I'll try to catch it as we go. But um, I appreciate the comments too, by the way. But that to me is like the biggest, like when I watch that movie, I'm like, wow, I can't believe how much money this guy, Rick, Rick Macy, I'm talking about Rick, like how much money he put into this and what a risk he took. You know, I don't know where he got that money from. I don't know if he's financially... Uh, you know very wealthy at that he was very wealthy at that time he was a tennis coach i don't know where he got that money from uh, you know what a risk that he took and th- and it and it worked like the gamble worked that's why i say rick is not only a great coach i think he, i think he's a very talented coach and I, it, I don't think i don't think the fact that he paid for those that those kids should uh discredit him as a as a coach you know like like he still had to have the goods as a coach he still had to do the business, you know, and get these girls to the next level, but uh, man, what a, what a risk that he took, what a gamble! what a great gambler, it, it just showed, I think it, it proves that he, that some of the best coaches in the world who, who take those financial risks, there are, you know, there are stories of other top players who were developed that way, what a, what a great gambler Rick Macy is, along with being a, an excellent coach. Uh, I know that you can develop a top player. Y- even uh, to- Tommy Ho is a good example because Rick in his book talks about how Tommy Ho, his parents paid Rick. So that was a relationship that was more normal. And Tommy Ho became, may- maybe it was a little bit of a disappointment. He was an amazing junior and uh, he didn't quite uh, make it to the, the highest. Uh, uh, pe- people had great expectations for Tommy Ho and, and uh, according to Rick, you know, he did pretty well. He got to about eighty in the world. Maybe I think Rick said seven in doubles, uh, according to his book. But um, you know, Tommy was a bit of a disappointment. But apparently, Tommy's parents paid. That's like a normal relationship. You have a talented kid. The parents have some some means, and and um, they they value what you do as a coach, and they pay you for it. At the time, you know, that's that's a healthy coach parent relationship. Uh, when students need a scholarship or, or uh, that, that you know, sometimes you have a kid who's maybe from uh, maybe an underprivileged kid from a uh, a family that's not making a lot of money and you try to help them. And I've helped out a lot of kids that way. And those are like your scholarship kids that you try, you try to, you know, you try to help those kids along. They have ability, uh, even if they can't go pro, maybe they can, you can get that kid in uh, a college scholarship and that's worth a lot to that 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 particular those types of families uh so i i have i've helped a lot of kids that way over the years i'm proud to say that um so i'm not um i don't you know some coaches are more mercenary like they won't they won't do anything without getting paid you know so i've never i've never had that philosophy as a coach but anyway the the idea of, of actually but going farther and 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 paying for students or paying for it just doesn't feel feels doesn't feel right to me as a coach and and it it sort of sort of bothers me like it feels almost disrespectful that you're asking me you know you're asking me to uh you're not willing to pay me for my services if you think i'm really good then and you got to figure out a way to pay me and in the end it sounded like richard didn't want to pay rick after all the great stuff that rick did you know they had that big breakup and and richard didn't didn't want kept trying to renegotiate and it felt kind of like a scam you know at least that's the impression that I take from it and um you know Rick jokes that he should have been paid more to spend that many years with Richard because Richard was a difficult parent you know very stubborn and and opinionated and sort of uh, a little bit eccentric and you know I don't know guys i think that it's a you definitely see a couple different pathways to develop a top pro you have f- from a coaching perspective you have um, normal relationships where the parents have have means and they know their kids talented but they they, they value what you do they respect you and they're going to pay you for your time you know those are not, those are nice relationships good healthy relationships then you have some situations where you know the kid is uh, very talented yeah parents may not have the means or they may they may need they may need some kind of deal where you help them and um that's okay too um and those can be really healthy relationships too but but this relationship like this idea of like a parent says uh we're not going to we're not going to pay you we need you to work for free or we need you to pay us uh I don't think I'll ever go there as a, as a coach. I've had a couple, uh, I can't say that I have had a parent ask me to pay them to coach their kids, but I've definitely had some over the years, some really talented kids and their parents wanted me to kind of work for free or, you know, to donate a lot of my, my time. I didn't really feel comfortable with that. I felt like, um, there should be, so, there should be some form of compensation for the, for the work that I'm doing, bringing, bringing you know, what I'm bringing to the table. Um, uh, I've never had a parent ask me to pay them for their child um, to train with me. So that, to me, I mean, Rick was willing to do that. What do you, if, you're a coach, if you're a coach, I know that a lot of coaches like this channel and they like this podcast. Like, What do you think about that? You know, If a parent comes to you and says, my kids are going to be the greatest, they're going to make your career, but I'm not going to pay you. Man, that's a tough, that's a tough decision uh, to make. For me, I don't think I go that way. Personally, just professionally, I guess. So, I have another. You know, as a parent, I watched this film, and I, I, for you parents out there listening, I'll just shift gears a little bit. What do you think about? What do you think about making your kids into a business venture? Because that's essentially what what Richard Williams did. Is he took his children and he made a he basically. As a, he became an entrepreneur, as an entrepreneur, he started a, a small business based around his uh, his children. So uh, thanks for the comment, Hex Tennis says only gamble what you can afford to lose. So maybe uh, maybe Rick knew what he was doing here, uh, but yeah, I guess uh, I'm not willing to gamble my family. I have I have a lot of kids here that I'm supporting. I have a house payment. I have I've got bills. I, I don't know if I'm a, in a position. Maybe if I was. Had a rich dad, if I had a rich inheritance, I had a big, uh, a huge bank account, maybe I could, uh, yeah, maybe I could take that risk on a, on a young player if the family asked me. So maybe, maybe if I was in a different financial situation, you know, I had to work for everything in my life. I never got a handout, I never got a, a trust fund from my parents. So uh, everything I have is I, I've, I've earned through hard work. I'm proud of that, but uh, some, obviously some people may be in a position to take a gamble like that. It's a good point. Uh, as a parent, wh- how do you feel about looking at your children and saying, you know, for the next 10 or 15 years, I- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build a business around my children. So I'm going to spend time with my kids, and I may or may not work. Like, I may not hold a real job. Apparently, Richard had a security he had some different jobs. He was a security guard, so he kind of did double duty. He was trying to train the girls and also work. But, I mean, some parents in these situations, they don't work. They just... Their job is bringing up the, the kids or the player or the players. In this case, it was, you know, sisters. And um, it's like the payoff is delayed. The payoff could be 8, 10, 12 years down the road... Uh, very much, it reminds me very much of an entrepreneurial venture. like a small business person starting up a restaurant, starting up a, 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 a software concern, starting up, you know, it's a, basically a startup business. And how do you feel as parents? Do you think that's right? Do you think that's ethical? Do you think, would you ever do that as a parent? Would you ever look at your kid and say, I'm going to build a business around this kid, and uh, the pay, I'm not going to get paid now because I'm going to basically provide all the all of this. I'm going to do all this work at, in a in a startup environment where I'm not going to be able to get paid, and the payment's going to be delayed. Like like kind of like taking an option. You're taking options on on your, you know, when you're you're. It's like a software designer like working for very little for for a, a startup, and then you're going to get these options that are going to come into the money when the business goes public down the road or the business starts bringing in uh, big dollars and then you're gonna get paid later. So you're gonna work now and pay later. How do you feel as a parent? Is that a scenario that you could, would even consider? Would you consider uh, doing that with or to your kids? You know, like it's, I think as a parent, I, would, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't make that decision. To me, it's, it's a little risk. It's too much risk to take on. This is just familial risk, family risk. Because if that business doesn't work out, I mean, what happens to the family? The family is just going to get destroyed. It's going to be terrible for the, for the children, for the, for the family dynamic. You know, it could, it could destroy the family. Uh, for me, what I've chosen, and I am a parent and a coach, is I've chosen to grow uh, a business. I'm not going to say a real business because I think what Richard was doing was definitely real. He was running a family business, a very, a, a, I mean, family business in the like the most true sense of the word, like it was a family business. Okay, so he was doing that startup and um, I run a family business. I run a tennis academy. I'm a tennis coach and I have a tennis club and I, I get I make a living as a coach and I, I, I love my job. I'm very, I, I enjoy my job very much. And I, I try and enjoy growing my career, becoming a more successful coach and developing my skills as a coach. And that's my career. And I, I make a good living. And I'm able to support my family that way. And my, I have my kids, one of my son, my son who wants to be a competitive runner. My daughter does other sports like wrestling and cross country and, and whatever my kids want to do, I, I'm going to try to make enough money to try to support them. Like that's a, that's a more common role that you see, I'm going to say parents, but you know, dads and moms, they, they decide to pursue their career, make a living, and then they can, the funds that they bring in, they can support their kids, let's say tennis in this case, they can, if their kid wants to be a great tennis player, you could support your kids with, with those funds, and you could also pay for all your family stuff, all the needs that your family has, though in this case, Richard, it sounds like he did work, but I know some parents who don't really work, and they—they they, their their excuse is that they're 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 in this uh, they're growing this family business, this family startup, and I think that's a fascinating family dynamic. It's a very dangerous uh, venture, incredibly dangerous. More than than me, like if my tennis business fails, probably would really be toxic to my family, but I could probably recover. And hopefully the family would, would still be intact. In this case, if the, fa- if the family business fails, the, the family itself is, is, is going to be like a nuclear bomb hitting the family because these kids, their dreams will be shattered and their whole identity is built around tennis. So it's like incredibly high risk. Again, I think we get back to that earlier comment. This is another example of like very high risk uh, and you get very high reward, but you also could have catastrophe. I think it's fascinating when a parent makes a decision. I, I have personal experience with, with some families who have made this decision. I've, I have coached some players like this, and I've worked with some parents like this, and I just think it's uh, really, really interesting that a parent would go that far. You have to, you have to ask yourself, like, what are the parents' motivations? Like, what, what would drive a parent to take that extreme position? They must really want their kid to be great which you could say is fine, and you can take that as you wish. Is it healthy or not? Is that is that reasonable for a parent? I mean, you, we can debate the, 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 uh, the ethics of that, I suppose. But, you know, uh, what I wrote about in my article is that there are basically three options for parents. So if you're a parent watching, I would say you can kind of do like my pathway, what I, what I described, you work, you work hard, you build your career, you make money, you're successful, and then you can help your kids, you know, and you could do that passively, like you could not be that involved. There are great champions whose parents really weren't that involved. Like, just like Pete Sampras comes to mind, like in Pete Sampras's autobiography, he said, yeah, his parents supported him, but they weren't like, you know, they weren't all up in his face all the time. Then you have like the Richard and you know, Pete Sampras, amazing player. Then you have like the the Williams sisters, or they were with their dad all the time. The dad was really running the show. He was, and he wasn't. Uh, I guess he what he was. He was also trying to work. Uh, but I know parent. Some parents will say, um, obviously, the time that he spent with his girls was taken away from the time that he could earn money for his family. So it's it's, it's a really tough. Uh, balancing act, if you're going to, if you're going to take on the active parenting role where you're like really coaching your kids, uh, that's going to take away from your ability to earn uh, money for your family. And your family may struggle. Usually the parent or the parent in those situations has an, uh, their spouse bringing home the the bacon, you know, bringing home the, having some sort of steady job. Like in this case, I guess Orsene was a nurse. So she had some, uh, I believe she was a nurse. She, she had a, a more steady income, right? And then Richard could do his thing. He could train the girls and maybe he, he tried to work for a while. Um, uh, but but the, if you decide to coach your kids personally and spend all that time with your kids, you're, it, it is going to put your family at, at, at higher risk because if the whole venture fails it can be catastrophic for the, the family relationship. And you're taking it, obviously there's an opportunity cost for you're going to spend all your time with your, with your kids coaching them, but that's time that you can't actually earn money. So that that's the calculation that you have to take. And then you have to get the kids good enough so that you can get those sponsorship dollars coming in uh, as as early as possible to try to get, you know the money, basically, to, to, to cash in your option on your on your on in, in this venture, in this startup. You're you're trying to monetize this startup as early as soon as you can, because you've been putting in all this time, and and, and you know you want you need to get paid for you just for your family just to just for your family. So in this case, Richard was able to work out a deal where he got paid, and the kids hadn't even made it yet. They were what maybe eleven i mean it's pretty incredible deal making by richard he was able to convince rick to pay for everything put him on salary pay for all the food expenses housing everything training so so what a great uh deal maker richard was and he he was able to negotiate this for his startup business and um it worked out that situation worked out but uh, this, this situation often does not work out. Uh, the players uh, things can happen. The player can get injured. Uh, the player could lose motivation. There could be family issues. Uh, there can be uh, sometimes a of a lot of, str- a lot of uh, discord between parent and the, the child. Like these are the relationships are, can be very rocky at times between a child and the parent coach. So there's, there's like a lot of pitfalls here that there's a lot of... It's a minefield that Richard was able to, to successfully navigate, um, which makes the story so incredible. But for, for all your parents out there, I mean, it's a cautionary tale. I mean, think about what you... If you decide to coach your kids actively and, like, not work, uh, it, it's an incredible amount of risk to your family and to your kids' uh, uh, future if it doesn't work out. And um, at the same time, I uh I have a uh, you could there, oh, let me just say the the third role that I'm thinking of is that you can be a parent you can work make money and then play sort of a a, a, a part time role like like I have I have many parents who have successful careers but they also take it in, they're involved with their kids' development you know they they get on the court sometimes they they hit with their kid they they maybe go to tournaments and coach them provide you know and provide feedback and they, you know, things like that like that that's also a, a common uh, role that you see parents play so they wor- they have their own identities as as uh, in their careers but they're also they they're being involved with their child's development and that i, I see that's i think that i that's how i uh, that's how I, i'm 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 involved with my kids athletic development but i have my own identity my own job you know i make money i my whole life is not my kids athletic development and that's the most amazing thing about for parents who who, who take this road, uh, this this uh, they basically make their child into their entrepreneurial venture. Uh, they 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 don't really have a life outside of that. That that is their life. Comp- comp- and you can you can say that's that's why that's why it's, it's it work. That's why that 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 extreme dedication is maybe why some of these things sometimes that they create a champion, but it can also end very badly. So yeah you, you have to think about the downside too the upside and downside that that imagine I can't personally imagine that my whole life is is my my son's running, you know like everything I do is my that I have no identity for myself, I have no career that I'm building, I have no passions that I'm pursuing for myself that my entire life is my son's running or or whatever my kids are doing uh, maybe I'm not dedicated enough to that or maybe I'm not selfless enough but I have a lot of respect for parents, uh, entrepreneurial parents who make that family business decision. I, I do have a lot of respect for them. They're taking on a tremendous amount of risk. So I worry for them, but I do have a lot of respect for them in terms of the commitment, the dedication. It's, it's, it's an incredible thing for a parent to say the next 10 or 15 years, I'm going to be completely selfless and I'm going to give everything I can to make my kid a champion like that. That is an amazing, amazing thing. Uh, just quick comment here. Um, ah, those comments, that came quickly. I'm sorry I missed that one. Uh, but you were talking about, um, it looked like an interesting comment about capitalism and, um, uh, parenting and parenting decisions. Uh, but thank you for that. So, you know, I I don't want, I don't want to judge harshly, uh, parents' decision. I want to, I want to portray to you guys the, uh, the risks and the benefits and that these three pathways basically you make money you have an identity you have a job and you support your kid passively you make money you have an identity but you take a you, you spend a lot of time with your kids and you get involved with their their athletic training or whatever they want to do it could be an, could, could be any other activity that they love like my daughter loves to dance and sing and could be uh, music, like, uh, like playing the piano or something. You know, whatever they're, they're, your kids love, you, you get involved with their passions. Um, I mean, probably the, the passive one can be really bad. Like some parents make all their money; they're wrapped up in their own careers, they're wrapped up in their own identities, and um, they never spend any time with their kids. You know, they just pay the bill. They say, "Hey, you you coach them. Uh, you, you you deal with that. I don't want to deal with it. I w- I'm not going to be that involved." Like that that can be bad too. You know, this, you know, it's nice to be involved with your kids' uh, passions, right? And uh, then you have this this third approach. It's just it's it's incredible. You know, that when a parent says, "I'm not going to work, I'm not going to, my life is going to be my kids, making my kid into a champion." Sometimes it works. It's incredibly risky to the to the to the for the for the kid and the family. Uh, and, but with great risk comes great reward. And and um parents i think parents of junior that's in this case this is a tennis podcast of any junior athlete need to think about what role they want to play do they want to uh be passively you know work and just be a passive supporter do they want to work and be an active supporter or do they want to actually make their kid their work do they want to be that do they want to sacrifice that much uh and to be that be that selfless and make the rest, uh, the next, uh, however much time they got to put in, they want to make, do they want to make a family business that way? Your family business could be like a restaurant, or like a bowling alley, or like a tennis academy, or, uh, you know, whatever. Whatever You want to be like a barber, or you want to drive a taxi, or your family business could be your kid's tennis. And uh, that decision is a big one, because there are implications down the road if it doesn't work out. Uh, so... Anyway, so a few takeaways from the, the movie and then um, we've got a lot of other shows uh, to produce for you guys. I'll wrap this one up. Uh, the message about junior tennis, the junior tennis tournament scene, just going to reiterate, we've got to make some changes in the junior tennis world. We We have a low participation rate. I've talked about this many times, very low participation rate. In tournaments, we have higher participation rate in like high school tennis and team tennis and people like to play tennis, but a lot of kids do not like to go to tournaments. There's a reason why they are toxic environments. Part of it is the parent behavior. Richard Williams <laughs> says his parents should be shot. He says it's worse than Compton He says the, the junior tournaments are, remi- it's worse than Compton. He says, uh, I think he's, he's dead on. He's onto something there. Uh, it's from the film. And, uh, We need to make important changes to the structure of junior tournaments and to the especially the rules so that there's no cheating. Cheating just ruins the experience for all all involved except the person, I guess, who gets away with it. And it's rampant in junior tennis. It's terrible. It's ruining the the competitive side of the sport and it's hurting participation rates. So uh, that's one takeaway. Another takeaway is parents Think about your role as a parent. How do you want be want to be involved? Maybe have a young child that you're developing, uh, who is an aspiring athlete. How do you want to be involved with your child? Do you want to, uh, and how do you, and and do you want to work? Do you want to? You're going to work either way. You got to work, or you, you're not supporting your family at all. Uh, but do you want to work like a traditional way uh, with a uh, job, and then uh, finance your child's pursuits, your child's passions? Or do you want to take this uh, rare pathway of being 100% dedicated and committed to training your own child, and not really supporting, not really bringing in the money, but helping, but providing them coaching and and, uh, mentoring and and training yourself? So you're going to spend a lot of time with your kid, but you're not going to be you're going to be probably poor for a while unless you have uh, somehow access to to uh, trust fund which I don't have, or uh, your maybe your spouse can work and support the family while you 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 grow this uh, enterprise this startup family business. Uh, so you know th- those, or are you going to work and be sort of semi involved, like partially involved with you? That that to me is uh, I think a lot of parents like that. They have their own identity and they. Um, they do get involved with their uh, child's activities and and passions and pursuits. Maybe they get involved on the on the court or on the field, whatever the kid's doing. Uh, but they're not. They haven't given up their their entire identity for the kid, which which is um, I think the highest risk uh, that that a parent can take uh, in, in in this in this type of scenario in this situation. These you know in terms of this scenario for coaches. Think about it, guys and girls, fewer girl coaches, we need more female coaches out there. What do you think? Are you willing to pay for a really talented student with the hope of some reward down the road? And even but knowing that many of these uh, delayed compensation agreements do not work out well. In, in other words, the, the parents don't honor it. Um are are you willing to work with uh, a young kid who's has a, a financial need, an underprivileged kid? Are you willing to work with some kids like that and help their families out with some sort of scholarship scenario? I think you probably should be willing to do that if you're a good person. <laughs> I would suggest that to you as a coach, but I can't make you do that. Uh, it maybe you have to decide this if you're a young coach coming up. You have to determine what is your what is your. Uh, how are you going to operate? What what is your philosophy on that? Are you or are you only going to? Will you say I'm a profesh- professional? I've worked hard for, to develop these skills. I only come to the court if I get paid. I know coaches who who believe that. I, I don't want to. I'm gonna try not to judge them, but they. I worked hard to develop my skills. I'm a talented coach. I'm gonna make your kid better. And if you want me to come to the tennis court, I need to get paid. Sorry, I need to get paid. Okay. So those those are your, your options as a coach. Um, you're gonna pay for students, you're gonna help students, or you're gonna only, you need to get paid. I think those are the, the pathways there. And finally, for anyone who thinks that they can do what Richard did with the sisters, and this was my, my final takeaway in the, the past article that I wrote. I would be very skeptical if you could, some anyone can duplicate what happened here. I mean, this is a very, very rare uh, success story. It's very hard to make it in tennis, and so I just think there should be a parent, any any parent who's thinking about fa- uh, taking this movie and sort of modeling the uh, their their uh, their approach with their kids, uh, the way Richard did it. I mean, I think Richard did it was clearly brilliant and very savvy and, and he was able to pull this off but this is uh a once in a century accomplishment i would say and it's it i don't know if it can be duplicated especially in our lifetime we'll see but i, I think that i i know i know there are some parents who see and watch a movie like this and say okay we can do this like this is possible and um I don't know that it is possible to duplicate what happened here. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's, uh, uh, it's, it, it, it should, it's, it's a miracle. It's a miracle and it, it's great. It's, it's, it's a great story. It's great that, that these, this family from Compton, these girls made it. And the family brought, they brought success to the whole family. And, and now, um, and it's been great for the sport, but but I think that parents need to be really careful if they're going to say, you know, oh, we're going to we're going to do this, uh, take our kids and 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 make. I just think the way this happened, I don't know if it can ever happen again, you know. So please be careful. Please be careful if you want if you're going to go all in. If you're going to go all in and gamble this way, you know, just understand what you're getting into and the risk you're putting in your family. Uh, the the risk that you're you're taking with your family if you make your family your business, uh, but at the end of the day, uh, meant you know some of the greatest players they, you know it was a risk risky road to get to the the top. I'm not I'm not afraid of risk, but but please consider that, that this this story is uh, unique and uh, really a, a miracle situation, and don't assume that this could, that this can happen again the way it did you know, just because it happened once. But uh, anyway, I leave it with that. Just be judicious, be cautious and 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 put your family first. Do the right thing for your family. If you're a parent, you know, think about that. All right, guys. I have a, a lot of projects going on. We'll wrap up the show. Uh, if you want to uh, learn, a, we have a workshop coming up February 21st. If you'd like to come to the club in Manchester, Vermont, we have a lot of people signed up. We're filming it. It's going into our digital school. So it's going to be an exciting event. It's a workshop, full day workshop, players and parents and coaches will be there. You can, the the players can train all day and the coaches and parents can learn. It is comparing the three, the styles and philosophies of the three legends, uh, le- legendary coaches from Spain, Luis Bruguera, Pato Alvarez. Who recently uh, passed away, sadly, and and Tony Nadal. So it's comparing their, the, these three systems and going over some of the drills, for, uh, the famous drills that these three legends of Spain uh, developed, and uh, what, and it'll be a really wonderful day of training and learning. So uh, if you're if you have the the, the, the president's day off, please come. Uh, let me know. Come up and visit. And we're training all that week. So that entire week I have players visiting the academy and training. So it should be an exciting training week. And I have players coming in every week right now. I have uh, a lot of really... Uh, I enjoy having kids here in Vermont at the club because sometimes it's, it's a, I spend the whole day uh, privately or, or in a small group with, with these kids and I get to know them really well and we get to do a lot of, get a lot of work done. So if you have uh, availability and you want to train during the school year... Now, aside from the summer camp that's coming up that you know is an amazing summer camp in the mountains of Vermont, high-performance Spanish training, aside from the summer, I do have players visiting pretty much year-round now, weekly, Uh, you can come for a few days, and you can basically get a one-on-one with me, or a one-on-two, or one-on-small group, and it's very intensive, and we get a lot of work done in, in, in just a few days' time, or a week time. I think it's really beneficial. The kids who have come have really improved a lot because of the way it's the way it's designed, you know, one on one and or small group. Uh, so consider that, and uh, I will see you guys on the next show. This was episode fifty nine, so we have uh, six, was it fifty eight? We have a, have a few more coming up. I'm going to try to get those out to you. We have a, a really good show on. Short sets. I think the next show is on short sets. Maybe, maybe you're curious. What is a short? You know, is all these tournaments now are short. There's no nobody plays two out of three sets, and we're going to talk about the length of of tournament matches. Get back into the tournament junior scene. And I'll probably talk about how uh, the, the toxicity of the junior tournament scene as well. But uh, I'll leave you with that. Uh, short sets will be the next show, I believe. And guys, it was my pleasure. Please catch up with me. Send me an email. Leave me a comment. And I'll see you on the next program. Thank you.
0: We hope you enjoyed the program. Please give us a five-star review on iTunes and recommend the show to your friends. We greatly appreciate your likes and shares. Thank you for your support of the show and for helping us grow our audience. If you would like to train with Chris, please visit chrislewitt.com for more info. You can also join Chris's online school, clta.teachable.com, and follow his blog at prodigymaker.com. A reminder that all show archives can be found at youtube.com forward slash Chris Lewitt. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Vamos.